The first reading can be found on page 782, 782 of the Bibles beside you. This is Jeremiah chapter 23. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. on page 1117 and is Acts chapter 20 verses 17 to 36. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that, you would, that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away 
disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I have never stopped warning each of you, night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he said this, he knelt down with them and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to see you. Thank you, Tony and Rowena, for those readings. Perhaps if you would keep your Bibles open on page 1117 and Acts chapter 20 will be useful as we look through this passage together. There was a recent survey which was asking about people's last words and what they remembered. And the comedian Spike Milligan came out top of the poll for his last words and for what was included on his epitaph. And it was, I told you I was ill. So we've got looking here now at Paul's chapter uh, in Acts. We've been looking over this past month at various things that Paul has been doing and focusing on different parts of his journey around the churches. And we've now come to look at his last words that he thought he was going to say to the leaders of Ephesus. Now, he had spent longer with the people in Ephesus than he did in any other church. He'd spent three years, it tells us in verse 31. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. So he had a great love for these people. So let's see what we can see from his last words to the leaders of Ephesus. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at these words of Paul, may we listen to what you want to say to each one of us through them. Help us to keep our spiritual eyes and ears open to you. Amen. So, Paul, these, these leaders had traveled a distance to meet up with Paul. And he had, I think, three important things that we can take note of today. Paul is telling them to keep watch over different things. And if you look at um, verse 24, for Paul, the main focus in his life was to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That was what was most important to him, that he could spread the gospel, the good news 
that God loved you. The good news that God gave himself up and died for you on the cross so that you could come back into the presence of our Heavenly Father. And to do that, he went about preaching repentance and having faith in Jesus. In verses 20 and 21, it tells us that. And he compares this race of being that of an athlete completing a race, running to the finishing line. Now, I'd love you to put your hand up if you were competing and running the race last Sunday in the Great South Run. I know there were some people were. Come on, Jit, put your hand up. Well, you were there. Yeah, brilliant. Now, I've never run a race like that. Oh, thank you, Paul. <laughs> I've never run a race like that, but I can sort of imagine what it must be like running that race, probably pretty hard at times, but you're focusing on getting to the end. Some people were watching their watches and focusing on getting a really fast time. The fastest one I've heard of so far is one hour 21 minutes. If you've done better than that, please tell me afterwards. Um, but, but it's getting to the end, completing it. Paul's journey, his race, was for the rest of his life, not just for a couple of hours on one Sunday morning. It was important to him to focus on what Jesus was wanting him to do. And he preached about repentance. Now we've already used the word to repent already this morning in our prayers that we repent. And sometimes we think it's so easy to say we're sorry for something. But I like this definition of repentance, which means a change of mind that results in a change of action. Repentance actually leads us on to changing our ways and acting more like Jesus. Now, if we call ourselves Christians, then we have repented. We have said we're sorry for our wrongdoing. We have our faith in Jesus. But I know, and if you ask my husband afterwards, he knows that daily, I have many attitudes and traits within me that I need to repent of. It's an ongoing, um, just lifestyle of being sanctified, of becoming more like Jesus. So we need to repent and we need to have our faith in Jesus. You might see from television and radio programs that it's um, 500 years St. Martin Luther seemingly um, posted those 96, was it, theses on the door, and we've had the Reformation. And Martin had discovered, rediscovered that bit in Romans where we have been justified through faith. How faith is so important in our walk with the Lord. And in Hebrews it says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Some of you may know that Trevor Head died this week and has gone to be with the Lord. And Joyce has that faith. She has that hope that she's certain, even though she doesn't see it, that Trevor is with the Lord. How wonderful.
He's beside still waters and green pastures. That's what faith is. Even though we don't see it, we know it's there. And in Ephesians, Paul, Paul had a lot to say to the Ephesians. And later on in his letter, he said, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And faith is a bit like a muscle. The more we use our, fo our faith, the greater that muscle will become, the stronger will become, and our faith will be stronger. So we need to put our faith into action. The gift from God. And if you don't have that faith, and you're like that man in the Gospels who brought his son to Jesus to be healed, who said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Then just ask God for more faith to help you, to help you with the things you're struggling with. Help your unbelief. So what do you focus your life on? Paul was focused on completing that race. Do some of us maybe focus on earning as much money as we possibly can, getting to the top of our profession? Is it all to do with happiness? Is it all to do with being so fit and healthy that you're going to live to be 100? Or is it like Paul, to complete the task that God has given each one of us? Even though there may be hardships ahead, as Paul find as well. Keep watch over what we focus our lives on. Number two, Paul keeps, tells the leaders to keep watch over themselves and the flock in verse 28. He said, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds, of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. See, Paul knew that they were going to be led astray not only by outsiders, but from those within their own flock. And at this point, I would just love you to take on the commitment of praying for Mike and Jit and Adam, that our leaders may stay, stick to the truth, that they won't draw us away with false teaching, but everything that goes on in this church will be based on the word of the Lord. So thank God for our leaders, but pray for them. It even happened in Jeremiah's day, we read in that first lesson, that people were moving and taking the people away from God. So we have to keep watch. A few months ago, we were up in Scotland, and as we were driving home, 
which we've done many, many, many times before from up north. And you travel down the M6 and you go along the M42 and then you go onto the M40 and then you go along there and get onto the A34 and eventually get down to Plymouth. We know that route, we've done it. We could do it backwards, at least so we thought. But one day as we were doing it, we actually were talking so much in the car that we missed our turning onto the M42. And we ended up getting lost. We ended up going further on to, on round and we'd have eventually gone on to the M5 and ended up in the West Country. And um, we were so sure we knew where we were going. We hadn't put the sat-nav on, we hadn't looked at the atlas, because we knew what we were doing, at least we thought we did. And I think that's the same in life as well. And sometimes we're sure we know what God says about this. We're so sure that this is what the church believes in, and this is what we believe in, that we forget to actually look at the Bible to find out what does the Bible say about this. Let's do a bit of research. Paul tells us to guard ourselves. In verse 32, he says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. This is Bible Sunday throughout the UK, the Bible Society have said, have asked that the Bible is particularly um, given thanks for and celebrated. Hope we've, hopefully we do that every Sunday in our church. But you know, we must be so thankful for the Word of God that we have in our Bibles. Too often we tend to follow our modern culture rather than the ways of God. Simon Ponsonby, in his book, Different, Living the Holy Life, writes about two important things we as Christians must pay attention to, our creeds and our deeds. Unless we are rock solid on what we believe, we will let go of how we behave. He says, and I quote, with both our personal behavior and our religious belief, we must keep recalibrating and repositioning ourselves according to Christ and his word. Have we entertained and inculcated a teaching or thinking that is contrary to scripture? Have we allowed culture more than scripture to frame our thinking on theological or ethical and moral issues. That's something to think about, isn't it? I'm just so pleased that Liz and her vast team of helpers are having a light party here on Tuesday evening. Rather than celebrating the way most of society is going to be celebrating on Tuesday evening, our beliefs must affect our deeds. So let us keep watch over what we believe. Let us read the Bible and know God's ways. And thirdly, and lastly, let us keep watch over what we do. In verses 33 to 35, 
Paul talks about working hard, looking after himself and his companions. And then he said, helping the weak. Remembering those nine words that Jesus said that hasn't been recorded anywhere else in the Bible. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. See, each one of us is blessed. We're blessed in so many ways, day by day. You know, if you just sit down about it, we have so much to be thankful for. And yet Jesus says it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So often in church we talk about giving money. And I'm sure the church treasurer would like me to say we're always thankful if people give more money. We can always do things with more money. Um, but there's so much more that we can give as well. We can encourage, love one another, looking after one another physically, spiritually. And one of the best things we can do is to give time. I appreciate that um, for many, time is precious. You've got children, busy family lives. You've got really important jobs where you work all hours. But there's still a more time. And it's important that we can actually ask God, how do we prioritize our time? What would you like me to do with the time that I have to spare today. Janet's made an appeal for people with a bit of time just to come and help, even on a rota basis, to come and help bless others uh, on the Thursday, at Thursday Club, or to come and sing in the choir. Paul wrote to, again to the Ephesians, and he reminds us that God actually has things for each one of us to do in this life. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does God want you to do? Remember those nine words of Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So acknowledge that we've been blessed and help give blessings to others. Keep watch over what we do. So what is God saying to you? As the band comes to lead us in the next song, may we think on this passage and what God wants to speak to you as an individual. Do you need to keep watch over what you are focusing on in life? Is there something you need to repent of? Something that you're prepared to actually turn away from? Do you need to increase your faith? Ask for that. It's a gift from God. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Do you need to keep a check on your beliefs, your creeds? Do you need to look through the scriptures to find out what God really says about things and, and make sure you're not 
led astray by false teachings? Do you need to keep watch on how we spend our time and how we can best bless others? Lord Jesus, we thank you for these words from Paul and may they continue to speak into our lives afresh. In Jesus' name, amen.